else's point of view. This podcast is brought to you by Link, simply the best way to learn languages. After you listen to the podcast, sign up for a free account at Link, L-I-N-G-Q.com, and study the full transcript using Link's revolutionary learning tools. Hi, Jill. Hi, Steve. You know what I want to talk about today? I can't wait to hear. I'm going to talk about language learning and drunken driving. All right. Interesting. <laughs> it's pretty obvious how the two are connected, right? Uh, no. 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 I'll tell you why. <laughs> because yesterday in the newspaper here, I read in the Canadian paper, that a person was stopped by the police for drunken driving just north of Toronto. And so he was charged mm-hmm. by the police. Mm-hmm. And he appeared before a judge. And the judge dismissed the charges because this particular driver was a Spanish speaker and the police did not bring in an interpreter to explain to this driver what was happening. Wow. Wow. So you're allowed to break the law and mm-hmm. as, long, as long as you are not explained in your language what you've done wrong. You I mean, break I was off. just absolutely floored. I can, you know, often we joke, like if I'm in another country and I'm stopped for speeding, all I have to do is say, me, me no speak the language, you know, <laughs> and ho- somehow I'll get off. Well, in most cases, you don't get off. No, not at all. It's just extraordinary. And, and what strikes me here is, you know, who, you shouldn't be able to get a license to drive if you don't understand a, that you're not supposed to drink and drive, mm-hmm. and B, if a policeman approaches you, you should be able to communicate with mm-hmm. the policeman. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit. At least a little bit. That's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. And of course, here in Canada, we bend over backwards. There's a good English expression. Mm-hmm. Bend over backwards. Go you out of our way. Go out of our way. Mm-hmm. You can take your, oh, you don't speak English. Well, what do you speak? Hmm, some obscure dialect from gosh knows where. Oh, well, then we'll try and help you take your driver's license and pass, pass the test in your language. But at what point is the mm-hmm. responsibility on the individual? Mm-hmm. I better learn enough English mm-hmm. so that I can understand the road signs, so that if I'm lost, I can ask, uh, you know, for directions. And, I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, uh, and you might know more than I do, but I would suspect in countries like Japan and many other countries in the world that's how it is you you need to probably learn about I mean I don't know I'm sure in many countries you can get a driver's license without speaking the local language Mm. however if I've been drinking and let's say I'm in doesn't matter Japan China Malaysia Bolivia and a policeman stops me and shows me a breathalyzer. (laughs) I know what he's talking about, right? Right. So that to introduce this idea that I was not explained my rights in my language is is just a a silly technicality. Mm -hmm. The, The reality is that that person is doing something that is not only against the law, but it's extremely dangerous. dangerous. He's putting other people's lives at risk. At risk. And, and so why are his rights 
more important than all of those people that he's he's putting at risk. And what is a right? Where are his responsibilities in this yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. He is being irresponsible by drinking and driving. He is being irresponsible by not knowing enough. And of course, he undoubtedly knew enough English. I mean, it's, this is his lawyer jumping in there and saying, poor, you know, uh, Juan here didn't quite understand. He thought the policeman was asking him, you know, uh, whether he had halitosis or something, you know. <laughs> Come on, he knew. Yeah. And of course, in the case of uh, driving under the influence of alcohol, by the time the policeman finds an interpreter and brings them there, perhaps the uh, the alcohol content and so forth will mm-hmm. be less. I mean, mm-hmm. gives them a sobering off period. Of I mean, course. the whole thing is just ridiculous. completely ridiculous. Uh, now, we at Link are going to approach the police departments across Canada and see if we can teach them every possible language that they're likely to encounter. But in fact, we should be teaching the immigrants to speak English. I mean, the the, the response, it's just so typical of what goes on in our society where every, basically what it boils down to is the lawyers looking to make money. Right. Period. And I personally don't think that judges should be chosen from amongst lawyers because there's a conflict of interest. They're all interested in creating more work for their brethren, mm-hmm. sisters and brothers, mm-hmm. in the legal community. Because in Canada, all judges, I believe all judges are former lawyers. Exactly. And they're appointed. We don't we don't vote. The, no. the public, in the states, the, the public, I think, votes for well, judges. Exactly. But not we here. We should. Uh, I mean, the technicalities of the law... And all of these laws have been written by lawyers, and they're all complicated and so forth. It's a bit like grammar and language learning. <laughs> yeah. it may have nothing to do with common sense. Exactly. And so, really, the the it's nice. Like I think we should, if we wanted to get a detailed legal opinion, we should outsource that to India, <laughs> <laughs> where there are lots of people who speak English. They'd be delighted to learn Canadian law, and they would give us an interpretation based on the technicalities of the law. Mm-hmm. And we could have hire three of them, the per, for the, we could hire ten of them for the price of one Canadian lawyer. And then the judge should be someone with common sense who need not be a lawyer, could be an electrician, could be a housewife, could be, uh, you know, any, a doctor, uh, somebody who runs a gas station. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Somebody with some, some common sense. Because mm-hmm. this judge obviously had no common no. sense. So then I go back and I see another situation with drunken driving where there was a very popular Canadian hockey player, former professional hockey player, who lives in the States because that's where he had his career. He was in Canada driving with his very good friend. He had had too much to drink. He had an accident and he killed his friend. Tragic story. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the driver was very irresponsible to drive when drunk. Mm-hmm. His friend was also irresponsible to get in the car with him. Exactly. I mean, it's one thing when you hit someone else, but if you get in a car with someone who's drunk, you're also responsible. Mm-hmm. Of course. At some level. And of course, in nine cases out of ten, in nine cases out of ten, a person who drives while under the influence doesn't have an accident. But there's a greater likelihood of having an accident. Of course, yeah. So, and of course, there was a tragic accident. Now, this person got four years in jail. Uh, 
and the judge says we're going to make an example of this. Mm-hmm. So it's quite and and I mean I see cases where you have repeat offenders for driving under the influence and who have even caused accidents and death who don't get four years in prison. I know people. I, I the baby boomer generation, that of my parents, uh, is full of people who at least used to drink and drive. A lot of my my stepdad's friends drank and drove a lot and received tickets on numerous occasions and received 24-hour suspensions and never even went to court, never went to jail, never, lots of the time, never even had their license suspended. And that was after several times. Now, and it, it all becomes much worse if you hit someone and cause an accident. And even but why does it, do you have to wait until the person kills somebody? Absolutely. So, so, so I think there's just this, this tremendous lack of, of proportion here. One person has his, granted he killed his friend, and the family of the friend were very forgiving, and they said this is the nicest man and a very good citizen, and it's his first offense, it's a tremendous tragedy, but we don't want him to suffer any more than he has suffered. That's the family of the person who died. Mm-hmm. But the judge says, no, I'm going to make an example of this person to teach everybody. Okay, but this other person... <laughs> who uh, say, uh, we're told can't speak English. I don't believe it. <laughs> but he gets off scot-free. Yeah. So there's absolutely no... Not even a suspension or a fine or anything. Exactly. It's ridiculous. So that's why I say that today's discussion is about the relationship between language learning and drunken driving. If you are going to drive drunk, which we don't recommend <laughs> at all, don't let on that you speak the local language. That's not even funny, you know. That's no, not even funny. I think that. that people who drive under the influence of alcohol are, if it's only their own lives, fine. I mean, not fine, but whatever. But they are risking the lives of other people. Whenever mm-hmm. I drive on the highway, I think, wow, if, if there's somebody yeah. coming at me yeah. in intersection, whatever, that's drunk and doesn't know what they're doing and slams into me, I'm defenseless. Yeah. I'm helpless. So. Especially when it's later at night. I, I have those thoughts more often. If it's 11 or 12 at night, you yeah. just assume that people who are out later have maybe been drinking more. And yeah. So I, I do the same thing. I just look at everybody coming towards me and wonder. Exactly. All right. Well, not a very happy subject, but uh, it ha- does have a language learning angle. <laughs> You'll so, always find one anyway. <laughs> we we'll always find one. Okay. Thank you. Bye, Jill. Bye.